Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we don't have a guest, but we have an extra special producer, Gabe. Oh, thank you. Thanks for calling me that. Might have heard of him. Thanks for having <laughs> You've me. You've listened to the show before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you uh, haven't heard of him, <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening, I'm producer Gabe. Nice to meet you. Thanks for listening. Weird episode to start with. Gotta yeah. Say. <laughs> yeah. Why are you starting here? <laughs> uh, it's going to be a bummer. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, parts of it will be funny. I think we'll be extracting joy. <laughs> I thought it was funny when I just introduced myself to the listener. <laughs> See, that part was funny. <laughs> okay. Most of the listeners are like, yeah, no doy, we know Gabe. <laughs> but there's probably one listener who's like, hmm, I'm going to check this out. Who's this now? <laughs> and then they're like, wait, what? The producer? <laughs> <laughs> Tricked you. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he talks sometimes. <laughs> Some people are like, I didn't tune into the show to listen to no man. That's true. That's true. And they're right. That's me. Don't listen to me. When Agata listens to the show. Yeah. Every time I hear a man's voice, I'm like... "Mm." She just like hits the 30 second skip button. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In my brain. (laughs) Skip, skip, skip. (laughs) Anyways. How are you doing, Gabe? I'm doing okay. Um, My wife, Andrea, and I are working on a... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, A groan of of disappointment. (laughs) My Um, wife, Andrea, and I are working on... uh, I'm just enjoying watching Agata's pain. She wants to say it so bad. (laughs) My wife, Andrea, and I have been working working on a, a bit of a landscaping project in the backyard. We're building a little patio to sit out on. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Have you tampered? some dirt. I've done some tamping. Um, What's I haven't that? done so there's it's this big square <laughs> on a pole that you use and you slam it against the ground to tamp it down. It's like a big metal square on a pole. You tamper with what? the soil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? Yeah. yeah. A square on a pole? What are you talking about? Gabe went to Home Depot oh boy. or Lowe's, which one? It was Lowe's. He went to Lowe's and purchased a giant square, a heavy square on a pole. Wow. Yeah, it looks like this. This is exactly the one we got, actually. And what happened when you bought it, Gabe? Uh, oh, right. Um, everyone was commenting as, as we were leaving Lowe's uh, about the tamper I was holding. And, oh, really? And that's yeah. like Gabe's dream, right? You want yeah, I everyone? Don't want to, you mean I don't want strangers. strangers at yes. Lowe's? Yeah, people were like, ooh, tampon, huh? <laughs> and you were like, don't address me directly. Someone was like, oh, someone's got a big job. <laughs> <laughs> and you loved that. Uh, that's like when you go to a grocery store and you buy a bunch of food and someone's like, having a party? <laughs> like, no, this is for my fat ass. Leave me the fuck alone. Yes, these are my groceries for, for just me for tonight. <laughs> I remember one time Naomi Paragon on her Instagram stories, she went to Trader Joe's, bought a ton of food during the pandemic. 
And the cashier was like, you must have a big family. <laughs> what? Why do people do that? Trader what? Joe's is the worst for that. Uh, I went to Trader Joe's yesterday and the guy behind the counter uh, checking me out said, uh, watch, watching or reading anything good lately? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, I no. do love when they're like, whoa, these look good. I haven't tried these yet. Because then I feel special because I'm like, I'm going to try these right now. And I think it's, I mean, it's it's got to be part of their training. For sure. Yeah. But if someone were to ask me watching or reading anything good, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God, I don't know. What's like, what's like everyone talking about right now? Uh, nine perfect strangers. <laughs> <laughs> In two like, months when this episode comes out, people are going to be riding that nine perfect strangers <laughs> wave still. I mean, that I feel like that show, people already stopped watching it now. So, like, and it's still running. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, they're not, it was just the first thing that came to my mind. Man, yeah. I do feel a certain amount of pressure to converse with people like cashiers. I feel mm. weird when I'm just silent. When we're just, I'm just silently watching them beep my groceries over the little thing. <laughs> I mean, I I'll be polite. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into any of it. We could talk about my gro. Yeah, we could talk about. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't want to talk about my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> what can we talk about? Uh, Politics. Yeah, you could be like they're like reading or watching anything good lately. You could be like, not really. How's your relationship with your mom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have done that. <laughs> it's a good you just can get in there Ju- qu- no small talk get into it and the the question that i always have trouble with even though it's very easy and simple and everyone asks it is so what'd you get up to this weekend oh my god and i always for some reason my mind just goes blank and i'm like what did i do like I I guess I didn't do anything because I don't I have no memory of this weekend. Right. Like being on the spot like that, I'm like, uh None of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> it's like even if I did stuff, my mind just like it's like a clean slate, you know, weekend's over. We're thinking about the next weekend. Right. We're not stuck in the past. Wow, you're really <laughs> living in the moment. I don't yeah. I don't know. If for some reason it makes me like clam up and then I'm like, mm, I don't yeah. know, I took a bath. It's uh. a, that reminds me of this one time, this cool guy <laughs> that was in my like friend circle was like, who's your favorite band? And I literally oh. could not think of a single band. I like, hate that question. I was like, uh, like, a band popped into my head and I was like, no, I don't like them. <laughs> but I don't like, like Blink-182. Maroon 5. No, no, yeah. don't say Maroon 5. Don't say Maroon 5. He's too cool. Uh, none of your fucking business. <laughs> and he even, he watched me have like a, you know, meltdown essentially because I couldn't think of a single band. And he was like, well, just name one band you like. And I was like, I literally can't. And we were about to go see a band. Oh, we were at a bar about to see a band. I, I struggle with that question, too. Maybe I just don't like being asked questions. Why don't you start talking about your favorite band? <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'll jump in if I have something to ask. This is actually great. Now we have a go-to response. If someone's like, 
what'd you get up to this weekend? Or who's your favorite brand? We'll just go, no, what'd you get up to this weekend? <laughs> you first. <laughs> who's your favorite band? <laughs> I think that's my go-to from now on. Yeah. I also have really bad music taste, so I don't want to be judged. Yeah. That feels like a judgment question. Yeah. 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 Especially with a complete stranger where I'm like, I don't know what your deal is. Right. What are you into? Or maybe I'm too obscure for you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever think about that? I'm not. I have. It's just not something that I want to talk about. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) Gabe? Elvis. Who's your favorite band? (laughs) Elvis? Elvis. He's not even a band. Name one song. Um, Uh Uh-oh, he can't. (laughs) All the small things. Was that the original version? Yeah, Elvis did it originally. (laughs) She left me roses by the stairs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I didn't realize how whiny Elvis was. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum. (laughs) As he's shaking his hips. (laughs) (laughs) oh god um on that note (laughs) hey hey we've got (laughs) i wasn't talking to you i don't know who are you talking to that the general public okay you guys were supposed to say hey back yeah not me supposed to be silent Uh, (laughs) we are as you know we're doing something special for this month um every week for 30 days, we're covering a different episode of ESPN's 30 for 30. It's 30 for 30 for 30. 30 for 30 for 30. <laughs> is that from Take Me Out? It is from Take Me Out. Yes. It's the, uh, the Irish host of Take Me Out. And uh, I did Google 30 for 30 theme, and that's what came up. But that it didn't play during the documentary we saw today so maybe it's a later theme yeah maybe yeah when did 30 for 30 start when did Uh, they start doing those do we have that info i'll get it i think it's i think this was from the first season so around 2009 yeah when they first did it it seemed like it was going to be like a real limited thing but then it was Mm -hmm. super popular and people wanted more created by Bill Simmons and Connor Shell. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like it started in 2009. Yeah. So 2007. Yeah. The idea began in 2007. It says. Mm. But it first then, aired in 2009. Oh, I see. Okay. Took them two whole years to get it together. So this week, this week's ESPN 30 for 30, we watched without bias from 2009. So it was definitely the first season. It felt old. Yeah. Like it felt older than 2009 to me, but maybe that's just because the events took place a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't know about, I didn't know anything about this before I watched it. Yeah. I actually was going to ask you guys, had you ever heard of Len bias? No. Gabe. I had heard his name before, but I didn't have any context for it. I have never... I mean, I feel like I remember this time pretty well. I mean, I was 
a little kid, but goo goo gaga. <laughs> I was pooping in my diaper. <laughs> You're but, like, mommy, who's Len Bias? <laughs> but I, I can't say that I've ever heard his name before. And for the, the you know ripple effect that this had, it was, I don't know, just quite shocking to hear about and be like, oh, I have no memory of this and don't know anything about it. So the director was Kirk Fraser, Fraser, um, and it features Len Bias, uh, Doctor Lonise Bias, James Bias, James Brown, not the one you're thinking about, Brian Tribble, and um, Michael Wilbon, amongst other people. Um, who are interviewed for this and who show up in historic footage and stuff. So I'm just going to get straight to the premise. This is about a young man who was a promising basketball player at the university of Maryland, who was the number one draft pick in 1986. And he died shortly after draft night. He got drafted by the Celtics. Yeah. So it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, it was a real bummer. <laughs> this documentary. And I... Uh, he died from not cocaine overdose, but like cardiac something like as a, a result of cocaine. Use. Yeah. Like some kind of arrhythmia mm-hmm. as a result of using cocaine. And so I guess let's just start from the beginning They talk a lot about how great he was as a college basketball player. He was drafted two years after Michael Jordan was drafted. So they were contemporaries. They played against each other in college. And I mean, they show clips of him that are awesome. Like he's doing big dunks. They said he had the cleanest jump shot. Like it was like textbook good jump shot. And they won the ACC championship. Yeah. And they, they mentioned that like, you know, everybody's obsessed with him. Like he had this huge bright future. Larry Bird was like, if you draft him, I'll come to the like player camp or whatever (laughs) and watch. Um, So there's all this hype around him. Yeah. Um, Red Auerbach was like watching him for pretty much all four years of his college career. And this is back when people actually played college for four years. Right. Which just like does not happen anymore. I also saw that he like, apparently he like didn't get any credits in his last year because he was like failing all of his classes and stuff, but it didn't matter. I read that on Wikipedia that there was actually a big investigation after his death into the sports program at University of Maryland Mm -hmm. because he was failing all of his classes. Like he pretty much basketball had become his full-time job. Yeah. He was 21 credits short of a graduation requirement. I guess he was just like, I don't care about that. I'm playing basketball. Go to the NBA. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Plus I think, you know, it was probably very demanding Mm -hmm. like his schedule and everything and being this like big star. I mean, obviously academics weren't a priority. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the interviews here, they everyone talks about like, he wasn't like a party guy, but he was just a normal college kid. And everyone was like, I'd never seen him use drugs before. And he just, yeah, he was just like a normal college kid. He had like a girlfriend. He was like drinking, drinking, yeah. doing normal college kid stuff. And then 
he gets drafted number one draft pick by Boston. Boston did like a bunch of trading and stuff in order to get this pick. They wanted this guy. He was like, I think he had been like secretly working out with them. And they said that they secretly drug tested him too. And it came up clean. And like, I think that all of that was not supposed to be happening, but I think somebody was hiding in this toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Collecting his pee. He had a, a <laughs> professional peer peeing for him. <laughs> um, and then after the draft, Lennon, his father flew to Boston to meet with the team and do an endorsement deal with Reebok. And he got a bunch of free shoes and stuff. And they specific, his dad specifically says, yeah, he went out to party with Danny Ainge. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. I didn't know how he died, but I knew he was going to die. And I was like, did Danny Ainge do something? Oh, no. <laughs> Which Who's you know, Danny Ainge? So Danny Ainge is an old Celtics player that was very, very popular. He eventually became worked for the Celtics and became their general manager. Yeah, he uh, he resigned this year after the after fallout from saying he had never seen oh, any racism on the right, court. Right, 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 right. Uh, okay, I remember him now. Yeah, and now Brad Stevens is in his role. Yeah, but he <laughs> Brad Stevens in it. <laughs> I think that Danny, old Brit. <laughs> yeah, the Brit Brad Stevens. <laughs> Hello, I am Brad Stevens. <laughs> Um, you just got a text that says garlic knots. <laughs> just got to point that out. I don't know the context, but I got to can see when I get text messages <laughs> on my computer screen. And my dad just texted me garlic knots. I also, oh, wait, look at this. Oh, my God. He sent pictures of garlic. Oh, my God. They look amazing. <gasps> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I Did mean, he make garlic them? knots usually f- seem like such a like throwaway side, but that one looks oh, like a pretty that good looks like garlic a whole knot. meal. No, no, no. <laughs> throwaway side, Gabe. Yeah. Garlic like knots you... are not a throwaway side. Yeah, I throw them away into my mouth. <laughs> yeah, and enjoy every second of it. <laughs> I just mean like like Domino's will make them because we, they have a bunch of extra dough hanging around and um, they'll, be, they'll be lousy. But I love like, the garlic knots at Domino's. Okay. All right. I'll shut the fuck up. Yeah. Can you shut the fuck up and stop talking about my garlic knots like that? Where is he? He's at a place called. <laughs> on no my free way. advertising. Bleeping that out. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Actually, please do bleep it because it's very close to my dad's house. I don't want weirdos showing up being Uh-oh. like, you know, hey. <laughs> oh. I'm about to show up. Hey, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I brought garlic knots. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be giving updates on the garlic knots throughout. Yeah, if we if we if anything else happens related to the knots, we will let you know. I guess I'm gonna just respond. Damn, <laughs> there's a lot of M's. <laughs> yeah, um, they look great. Okay, so they went. He went to meet with Reebok, and he was getting a five year endorsement package worth one point six million dollars, which is. I mean, that's a lot now. Yeah. Back in 1986, can you imagine? I cannot. Um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Reebok, uh, want to throw a couple million our way? Yeah. We, uh, I'll wear nothing but Reeboks. Sure. I don't care. I don't have brand loyalty to anyone else. No. I'll be Reebok. <laughs> um, the mascot. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I, I guess I have more. 
I don't really own anything that's Reebok. I got to be honest. I don't own any Reebok. Neither do I. I've got Nike. I've got Puma. If they, if Adidas. If Reebok was like, throw out all of the Adidas and Puma and, <laughs> and Nike you have and only rep Reebok, would you do it if they paid you $1.6 million? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would burn it. Um, <laughs> and Reebok would be like, no, you don't have to burn it. <laughs> I would burn it and I would uh, live stream it. Um, okay. So-, <laughs> so he goes out partying. He gets the Reebok deal. And then he and his dad go back home to uh, Maryland, to Maryland, where yes. they live. He goes back to his school, University of Maryland, the campus. And he's like hanging out with his teammates, like they're, you know, for his college teammates. And to me, this seemed like a very normal thing. You're they're celebrating. You know, they're celebrating. Yeah. He just, this is a big deal. And he's like, I want to celebrate with my friends. I want to go back to campus and hang out with my teammates and celebrate this big win. And so they're drinking beers. And then one friend is like, let's go get some Coke. They get, get go get Coke. And they're doing it. He, th- he made a point of saying, this is Tribble, right? Mm-hmm. He made a point of saying, you know, like no one really knew we were doing it. We would kind of do it on the sly. And, you know. Yeah, one of his friends was like saying that he came to the room, knocked on the door. They like hid the drugs. He went in. He didn't know anything was going on. It just seemed like they were hanging out, drinking. Yeah. Liquor, beer, nothing weird going on. And then when he left, I guess they went back to the Coke. Um, and then at like 2 a.m., he lays on the bed of their dorm room and starts having seizures. Again, his friend is like, I didn't know that you could die from seizures because his sister had them. And he just was like, they were kind of normal. So I just was like treating it as if I would my sister. But then he's essentially stops breathing and they call 911. Yeah. And then they play the 911 call in the documentary, which... It's very clear that he's trying to not get anyone in trouble yeah. by not mentioning the drugs. Just saying, like, I have this guy, Len Bias, is here and he needs help. And the and 911 guy is clearly like, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he. I think the 911 guy is like, I don't need his name. Yeah. Tell me what's happening. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the point he was trying to get across of like, this is a like a big deal. This guy cannot die. Yeah, like that didn't get across to this night this 911 guy. But also like he wasn't being fully upfront about it. He was probably like, you know, I don't want the cops to come and Plus, arrest this anybody. This guy's been drinking and doing coke all night. Right. He's probably fucked up himself. It's 6:30 a.m. when he called 911. So they've been partying all night. They've oh wait, been- I was wrong about 2 a.m. I think 2 a.m. is when they went and got the coke. So yeah, you're right. It's it's six thirty when he has the seizure and when they call nine one one. Yeah. And it seems like they you know, the medics show up, they try to revive him. It's too late. Um, and he's pronounced dead at eight fifty five of a cardiac arrhythmia related to usage of cocaine. And they tested his blood and it was just cocaine in he, his blood. He wasn't even drinking. They said there was no alcohol, no other drugs. Which is a little weird. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it was just like he wasn't w- 
didn't want to be drinking or whatever, which is not weird, but just the fact that they were like partying. Yeah, it's like everyone was drinking but him. That seems mm-hmm. odd. And they said something in the movie about how somehow like the cocaine was like very, very pure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was like unusual for them to have coke that was that pure. Right. And that might have been part of what, you know, led to a bad reaction, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. That, I mean, that would make sense if he had done coke before and felt like he knew how much he could handle. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, it wasn't like his first time ever doing coke. Because they Tribble had mentioned that they had like done it before, but it wasn't like... He wasn't like an addict or like had an issue with it. It was just like... When they were partying, yeah. it was like a social usage. Right. And again, you know, who knows what the truth is Right. Because Len Bias is the only one who could tell that and he is dead. But it seemed like it wasn't a big deal to them. And I, I've never done coke, but in college, people do drugs and it isn't a big deal. Yeah. Like, you know, people don't think and about even now, like in L.A. people, a lot of people do coke in L.A. Like it's not weird or out of the ordinary to like meet someone who does coke or see someone doing coke yeah um and i think yeah like it is kind of destigmatized in that way in a lot of places yeah it just feels like a you know it's like oh yeah they're partying they're blowing off steam whatever but the country essentially saw this like promising young man uh his life ended early by drugs And just they went into a frenzy like every, you know, bad anti-drug policy we have. I mean, it it probably wasn't just Len Bias. There's probably a lot of stuff going on, but all of the reactions were bad where it's like they start punishing users Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, sellers and distributors. They are they um, need someone to put the blame on. Yeah. And for this specific situation, but then it like, yeah, it like mushrooms into like way more than that. Yeah. For this specific situation, Tribble was arrested and was eventually found not guilty, but essentially they wanted to arrest one of his friends who was there and essentially make them the cause of, of the death, you know, blame them for the death. He eventually does go to prison for 10 years on an unrelated charge in 1993, but he gets out and he's has a a normal life. But his later sentencing probably was also like a result of stronger drug charges, you know? Yeah. And it says that he was part of a two year undercover sting operation. So it may have been unrelated to the Len Bias thing, but I think they were clearly targeting him. Like yeah. this guy is involved with drugs. And if we can't get a conviction for this Len Bias thing, then we're going to find something else. Yep. And they succeeded. Yep. Also the same year uh, after Len Bias died, the U um, S house of representatives passed the anti-drug abuse act of 1986, also known as the Len Bias law. This is like an extremely harsh law that sentences people. One of the the things they said is five grams of crack could equal five years in prison, 
which is like five grams of crack is like nothing. That right. is like a tiny amount. And again, this is punishing the users who are often addicts and not getting to the source of the problem. Yeah. And like the people who were affected by it the most were like young black men. Yeah. And that was probably the intent. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. The equivalent amount of cocaine was not like powder cocaine doesn't draw the same sentencing. And that is, you know, more commonly used by wealthier, people. you know, wealthier people. Yeah. It's a really kind of sick, sickening double standard that I think still exists. Yeah, I believe it. It does. It's all part of like the war on drugs and all that bullshit. And this is, you know, the Reagan era when they really latched on to the war on drugs as this, you know, pet project because it made them look good. It made them look like they were doing something Mm -hmm. when the truth is. Sorry, I I was about to go in a rant. (laughs) But but Reagan it. did a bunch of things that actually fueled addiction. For example, he closed a bunch of mental health institutions that were federally funded. Right. And, you know, mental health and, and drug addiction don't always go hand in hand, but they sometimes do. And it's like stuff like that that we need access to, right? Right. Or like shipping like addicts to like different cities to just kind of get them out of view yeah like yeah there's so many horrible things that happen and that didn't really solve anything it just made it much worse it just shuffled the problem into prisons mostly yeah and And we're still dealing with it now you know there's so many people that are imprisoned for like decades for a minor drug yeah over drugs over marijuana which is just like completely baffling Uh, especially when it's like decriminalized and so many states now and there's people still sitting in jail um, and will be for a long time. And again, overwhelmingly, this is black people, people of color. And also these prisons are for profit prisons. So the rich people who are friends with politicians are making money off of the number of bodies that they have in there. So more tragedy strikes the bias family a few years later when Len Bias's brother, Jay Bias, is shot outside of a mall for pretty much no reason. Um, from what I gathered, it was like a man saw him talking with his girlfriend or wife in a jewelry store, and then they had a slight altercation in the mall, and then they followed him outside and shot him. Um, yeah, it wasn't really clear. Yeah, they didn't... It sounded like they he didn't know the people. It was like completely random... And so then the biased parents, Lanice and um, James. James, they become advocates for anti-drug and anti-gun violence. And I think to maybe to this day, Lanice is a speaker. She like travels around talking about getting kids out of those situations and talking about anti-gun violence. Those poor parents. I know. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's horrible. And uh, Jay Bias also was a promising young basketball star and wanted to go into the NBA and get drafted like his older brother, but didn't get the chance. So I think that this 
documentary was like actually cut down from like a longer documentary um, that played at film festivals and stuff. And I kind of wanted more. I was like, this is, it was very short. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was about an hour an hour. And I was like, it sped through everything. Um, yeah, I definitely looked up stuff on Wikipedia to like get a clearer view. Cause I was like saying, wait, what? <laughs> like, why are they in Boston all of a sudden? Like, mm-hmm. but overall I would say I really enjoyed it. It's a real tragedy. Yeah. Very sad. Real bummer. It is cool to watch these 30 for 30 documentaries because these are things that I just wouldn't have known about otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like, and I do feel like this really had a huge cultural impact. Yeah. Um, for me, like it hit close to home in a couple of ways, not personally for me, but just like things that seem to be kind of happening even now, which is like, it made me think of, we had a, a draft pick this year who had passed away just before the draft, um, Terrence Clark. And that was a real tragedy. And it, it just, it really paints like a tragic picture of like people who are literally at the, on the cusp of their life of of their life (laughs) and with so much promise and Uh and it can just go away so fast. Um, yeah, yeah. it's, It's a really tragic story. And I think like, um, you know, the like horrible sentencing laws and stuff, notwithstanding, it also shows that you have to be just so careful about what you put in your body, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, you don't like if you're buying drugs from somebody, you probably don't know that person. You don't know where, the, where those drugs have been and you don't know what's in it. That's very scary. Yeah. And now, and now we have like fentanyl everywhere that mm-hmm. lots of people die from that. There was a recent, very sad case um, where some LA comedians had fentanyl in their cocaine and had an overdose. Cause why is it being spiked with fentanyl? I don't know, I, but it's fucked up. I, I was trying to figure this out because it doesn't really make sense. I think it's just, I mean, I, this is speculation, but I feel like it's just cross-contamination because a little bit of fentanyl is deadly. So yeah. if cocaine is being like manufactured in the same places that fentanyl is, like, I think it's just like sloppiness, you know? Yeah. Like, because... Nothing else makes sense to me. Yeah. Like why would nobody would purposely put it in there because I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but it, I mean, it will. And that goes to Gabe's point too, is like, these aren't professionals who are doing things in a clean, you know, way. They're just trying to make as much money as possible. So it's not like, they're being very cautious and like, like you would in like a scientific lab. Right. Um, and we just want to encourage everyone to be safe. Yeah. Test your drugs. If you're going to be, if you're going to do drugs, then do it in the most safe possible way because you never know what's going on out there. Yeah. Which is like also why it's so great that weed was legalized in so many States because I even remember hearing about 
we being laced with shit and right. like you're you don't know what you're buying necessarily if you buy that on the street right. and then now it's like you know exactly what you're getting mm-hmm. <laughs> like you could see the amount of each chemical that yeah. that's and, in it and you can walk into a store and buy it yeah and get high <laughs> like all drugs should be decriminalized yeah i agree with that in order to have like some kind of oversight over the supply chain for sure. Yeah. Because, you know, with illicit drugs, by the time they get to the end user, they've been through a lot of different hands. Right. Right. Possibly altered multiple steps in the way. Right. Exactly. I think. Or just incompetence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think also um, they didn't go into this too much in the documentary, but I would be really interested to hear how Len Bias's death influenced the NBA and how the NPA, NBA treats drugs. Because, you know, you hear stories about like Phil Jackson and Danny Ainge, like going out and partying and mm-hmm. like getting high. And like Phil Jackson talks a lot about experimenting with drugs while he was playing. And it seems like 1986 was about the time that a flip was switched. A switch was flipped. (laughs) (laughs) A switch was flipped. And there was really like a zero tolerance policy for any drugs, including marijuana. And I mean, that's culturally goes with the war on drugs in America in general, but it does seem like that had a very negative impact on a lot of people in the NBA as well. And now I believe they're lightening up or at least during the pandemic, they lightened up a little bit about marijuana, but we'll see how that goes going forward. Yeah. And uh, just lastly, he Len bias himself just seemed like a good dude. Yeah. A nice family guy, good brother, good friend. It's just a tragic story. And it, it would have been nice to like know him now as a commentator or a coach or, you right. know, yeah. yeah. So much lost potential. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we only know about him because he was a basketball star. And I think people really mourned losing out on watching him play basketball, you know, competitively in the NBA But, you know, this happens all the time with people who aren't famous. Mm -hmm. And it's equally sad because it's like that is someone who doesn't get to live up to their full potential and live their life. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just tragic when when young people don't get to have that experience. On that note, (laughs) (laughs) now that we're all bummed out. Okay, let's. We can lighten things up a little bit. Yeah, let's move on to our next segment. Um, Each week, we highlight our favorite comments made by the members of our Cutie Nation Discord. It's the cutie comment of the week. (laughs) This week's comment is from... It's Greg. So, Greg uh, made a poll in our Discord... That says, I have a dentist appointment and just drink a big cup of coffee. Should I brush my teeth before going into the dentist? And it got 11 thumbs up and two thumbs down. But in the comments, this was pretty controversial. (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like I'm always going to brush my teeth before I go into the dentist because I want to get an A at being at the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> do I always get it? No. But um, I'm going to do... And I'm going to floss that same day, too. Yeah. So that my gums are... I don't know. I'm not great about flossing. I'll floss like three or four times a week. So I'll make sure that if I have a dentist appointment, I'm doing it like every single day. Yeah. And then day of. Yeah. Because I would be embarrassed to go in there and open my mouth and I, it smells like coffee breath. Yeah. I'm pretty religious about... Not religious. I don't pray <laughs> to, to my teeth. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty... I like to take care of my teeth. I like, you know, do everything I need to do. But I will floss and brush right before I go to the dentist. Like, and I think it's the same reason. I want to get a good grade. Yeah. And I don't always get it. And even my my recent dental trip was quite bad, actually. Oh, no. And I was like, well, can we talk about why this is happening? And there's a new dentist. I'd never seen her before. And she was like well, you need to start flossing. I was like, I wanted to be like, bitch, I floss every night. <laughs> you should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I, I just said, actually, can I tell you what my routine is? And like, we can talk about this. And and she even was like, show me how you floss. And I showed her and she's like, okay, that's what you're supposed to do. And yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> she said slower. <laughs> <laughs> and um and then she said oh well i think it was your diet and granted during the pandemic i might have been hitting that candy gummy too bears. hard <laughs> gummy bears gummy worms anything gummy um anything candy i was eating like straight up caramels okay <laughs> just yeah. kidding i wasn't but i had to retire caramels from my life I get cavities too easily to eat anything that's going to get stuck in my teeth. That's where I'm at now yeah. where I'm trying to be careful about what I eat. Like and milk if, duds. That's the uh, worst. <laughs> that is glue in your teeth. Yeah. Or even like starburst too. Like I don't want anything that's I can't get every little bit out. Yeah. And then she said, if you do eat a bunch of sugar, immediately brush your teeth. And like rinse and stuff. I was like, all right. Well, not immediately, but like, yeah, soon I thought after. you were supposed to wait after eating. Well, maybe it's like within an hour because she's just like, just get it out of there as soon mm, as you can. I see. But, anyways, so this was what do you, what do you think, Gabe? Do you think brush before dentist? I mean, I always will. I'm always curious, like, can a dentist tell if you've just like, done everything right before versus oh, if you yeah. actually do regular upkeep <laughs> well probably like if you're if your gums are inflamed and stuff they probably know yeah that's true yeah like yeah. if you never floss and you floss that day like you're gonna be like bleeding and swollen <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i mean i think if i'm going to a, a person who basically has to breathe in what i'm breathing out as part of their job I think it's a nice thing to do to brush your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Beforehand. Exactly. And yeah, I, I'm beyond like wanting a good grade at the dentist. I, I am almost sure I'll never get one, but um, <laughs> Gabe. I just don't want them to yell at me. That's all. Yeah. But it's kind of like, like if I'm going to get a pedicure, I'm going to make sure my feet are clean before I go. Ugh. 
Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. But that, I, in my mind, it's the same thing. Like, I don't want to make this person's job harder. Right. You know? The worst is, like, if I'm going to get a pedicure and I forgot to shave, shave. my legs. I think about that, too. Yeah. And then... For anyone who's never had a pedicure, they like rub up and down your leg, which is which an, feels good. Yeah, but it's a nightmare if you're like, I'm like, sorry if these stubbly. tiny needles are poking into <laughs> yeah. your hands. Yeah, I always feel bad about that. Yeah. All right, I think we solved the issue. Who yeah. voted for down? Well, only actually one person voted for down because the simple pull bot automatically does one vote oh, for each. Right, right, right. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. One person voted for down. But in the discussion, people were like, kind of had their minds changed. Like, Greg was like, they're going to clean my teeth anyways. And then everyone started discussing it and going like, yeah, you're right. Have a second cup of coffee. And I was like, no, (laughs) this is chaos. The wrong people were being convinced. Yeah. We are firmly, Dunktown officially is firmly on team. Brush your damn teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Your damn do you wash though. your hair before getting a haircut no that's different though like i try not to be a rat's nest you know i don't yeah, I, I i i brush my hair yeah. so that it's not like yeah difficult but like part of that is like you're getting shampooed like which i shampoo my hair like twice a week so i'm not gonna shampoo it and then take it in and get shampooed again yeah, but I, it's I bad for it. But kind of the same thing. Like I don't want to go in there and them to be like, Ugh. right? Like it's not like disgusting. Yeah, I don't want like a chunk of peanut butter in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> you got gum stuck in there. I, I go there. With, I purposefully put gum in my hair before I go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to be eligible for cutie comment of the week, you got to join our Discord. Come on, what are you waiting for? Uh, you can sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash dunktown. The lowest level is only $2 a month. You could be in there talking about what what you're doing at the dentist. Yeah, less than a cup of coffee that you buy before going to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. I think that's it for this app. Thanks to all the cutie listeners for coming on this journey with us. As always, we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I'm on Twitter at echo underscore mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town slash store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design, and thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Mm-hmm.